everybody and welcome to nerd news now it's us crazy people that uh only one of us probably watched uh the tomorrow war <laughs> that's true only one of us did and it wasn't me <laughs> uh i'm willing to wager it wasn't me so it would have to be mark no! <laughs> We always get we always get uh, stuck not talking about movies. I don't think so. I was gonna hit a softball right out into the middle of the field. Was was it any good? I mean, I was I'm tempted. By really, it. I love it. What I love in movies is uh, action, sci-fi. There are aliens that people have to fight, and there's time travel, and that's all that matters. That see that was why I was a little skeptical because it's like okay I get fighting aliens, mm-hmm. I get time travel. Why do we need to put them together and then get Andy from Parks and Rec <laughs> or Star Lord who is already doing some alien fighting? Like, Wait, let me let me let me get this right. Alien fighting, yep. time travel. Yep. Isn't that the script for Doctor Who? A little bit. <laughs> The basic outline of the that people, us, from the future, come back in time and tell us that they need us to go to their time and help them fight this alien invasion. So they just start conscripting, doing a draft, and grabbing people from our time to go forward. There's a, there's a, there's a window of time that they have to try to, to hit. And there's a reason for who they pick, for who they're drafting, and all that stuff would totally wreck the movie for you. So I'm not going to tell you. Wasn't wasn't that also the plot behind Bishop from X Men? He comes back to recruit people to go into the future or something like that. Kill Sentinel, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I volunteer. So okay, the cast of this movie is nuts. Yeah, pretty good. Chris Pratt, Star Lord. Ivan Strahovski, who was uh, in Chuck. Yep. J.K. Simmons, who has the greatest voice ever given to anyone. He's great. Sam Richardson, who was in Veep. Marilyn Ricecub, who was uh, Chloe in 24. Uh, and this other guy, uh, Mike Mitchell, who I'm trying to figure out what I know him from. Oh, that's right. He was a Lurpus in Parks and Rec. So reun- reunited there, I guess, um, with, with Star-Lord. A.K.A. Chris Pratt. Um, yeah, there's there's such great creature design. It's they they feel very scary and not ridiculous powers. Like that's the one thing that I didn't like so much about um, Silent Place. The design of that creature seemed a little bit weird. I, there's nothing about this movie other than the fact that they're mashing together too many different sci-fi genres to keep me from seeing this movie. Hey, I'm telling you. Like, there's no reason I haven't watched it. Maybe I will watch it tomorrow. Wait, no, I'm on the air tomorrow. Um, Maybe I'll watch it in my hotel room this weekend. It's it's a $50 fee for me that's holding me back. Why 50 bucks? You don't have Prime? Oh, it's on Prime? I thought it was yeah. in theaters. Uh, oh, I wouldn't go to a movie theater to see it. I will watch it on Prime. I might go to the movie theater and watch it in the movie theater. I think it's worth a big screen. But I did watch it on Prime. I'm not ready for movie theaters yet. I've decided. Nor am I. I'll Black Widow's in theaters this weekend, and people are like, you should go. We should go see it. And I'm like, or... No. Well, with Delta out there, maybe not. That's what I'm saying. I, I've, I've flown Delta. I know. Delta is bad. <laughs> this segment brought to you by our future sponsor, Southwest. That's right. Get on that one, Justin. But Any, um, any airline that will wrap all their uh, opening instructions is my kind of airline. Right. That's what I'm saying. 
Um, but never fly spirit. Just throwing it out there. All right. Uh, it's a Ryanair. Uh, also pretty bad. Um, you need to read my contract again, Kyle. I do think it stipulates that I fly first class or private jet only. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But you don't fly Delta, don't fly Spirit, don't fly Ryanair. Actually, I, I do prefer Delta over others. I've never, in traveling regularly since I was 13 years old, had a good experience with Delta. <laughs> I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum, I guess. Not that I have any problems with anybody else. I just well, my big problem is if you fly Delta here, you either have you fly out of Detroit, then they fly you to Charlotte, then they fly you to some other airport, then they fly you to where you're going. Or you can so just you go, go hub to hub to hub to wherever you're going. Or you can go nonstop. No, there's no such thing from here. <laughs> That's what you get for living in the boonies, man. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's Detroit. It's not the boonies. Like I said, that's what you get for living in the boonies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so what else has happened? Were there any of the movies out this weekend? Wasn't it a, a boss baby weekend? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Have we all caught up on Loki yet? Um, I am. Oh, uh, there was another piece of movie news that we probably should uh, acknowledge. Uh, Richard Richard Donner passed away, who directed Superman and the Goonies and Lethal Weapon. Man. Uh, he was 91 years old. He lived a decent which, life. Yeah, fair. Um, but he, uh, he, uh, he directed TV shows like The Twilight Zone, The Man from Uncle, Gilligan's Island, and Perry Mason. Uh, but he really was known, uh, he got known when he directed The Omen. Um, yeah, uh, then he did Superman um, and Superman 2. Uh, but they replaced him uh, and recut it with Richard Lester, which is interesting. Um, the Goonies. Um yeah, I mean, those were the big ones. And then uh, on news of his passing, Kevin Feige says that his entire career is only existent because of Richard Donner. So that's pretty great. Yeah, that's nice of him. Mm-hmm. Apparently he gave him his start. It's amazing. What a great career. Mm-hmm. What else we got? Uh, Loki. Um, I don't know, Jenna. Have you caught up? Yeah, I'm good. But are, are we? We shouldn't do too many spoilery things because I feel like it's pretty early on for. I I I don't understand what Thanos is doing in episode four. There is no reason he should be in there. That's a weird. That was a weird take. Um, and the fact that the Doctor from Doctor Who shows up, right? Really, really does. Especially with the news coming out that um, uh, 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 Sophia uh, DiMartino would like to play the doctor once Jodie Whittaker's done. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's another story. But you know, I mean, now that they've crossed over, can they exist in the same universe? I don't understand. Well, they can because they've done it before where they had three doctors all in the same uh, timeline and universe that Christmas special they did. But the fact that Thanos stole TARDIS and brought him there, that's that's just ridiculous, man. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to jump the shark, at least have a real shark. Or I am Right? Was that enough spoilers for you, Miss Jen? You guys are so weird. (laughs) (laughs) For a minute, I was like, wait, wait. Something? I don't remember seeing <laughs> I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um the the big thing in this episode to me is the mid credit scene. Like the rest of it I found incredibly predictable. Yeah. And then the mid credit scenes happen, you're like, oh, okay. Throw that all out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
Um, but yeah, up until that point, I was like, yeah, every trope in the book. Let's go. Yep. I'm not mad at it. I was a little mad at it. And then again, mid credit scene, all is forgiven. <laughs> won't disagree with you there. Uh, well, I mean, uh, other than the fact that I didn't enjoy it, but, you know, won't disagree with you that the mid credit scene did uh, say, oh, yeah, heck, yeah, why not? Right. I was I was ready to call Dan Wickline and be like, dude, I'm coming on the show tonight to burn this thing down. <laughs> and he goes, did you watch the mid credit scene? And I'm like, no, it's going through the trailers. Like, I know that's what he would have said. And then I waited and. Mm-hmm. All right, we're good. Never mind. Yep. Do you wonder, I wonder if we're going to have I mean, we just need three people, right? And we could walk around a con as those characters. <laughs> Yes, unless if they open up, uh, well, technically four, right? Uh, yeah, you're right, four. Uh, so on the So Much Cosplay show, uh, Cheryl started making and finished mm-hmm. the Sylvie headgear. Yeah. Um, we were talking about it. That is going to be the hottest cosplay yeah. for for women. Like, it's every, you know woman cos female cosplayer is gonna do a take on either that or on loki as a variant or something like that mm-hmm. from this show cheryl's quite talented but I'm, I'm i'm shocked to hear that she finished it during one of the tapings i thought it would take her longer than that oh um, no she she didn't um it's one of those that she just she was between projects and needed something to hold her over so she posted it to instagram oh okay I, i'm like wow you know because I, I figured that would take her at least four or five hours to do Oh no! It was. I mean, it was just the band, and then it was just kind of build out the horns, and then paint. Okay. Okay. I, I, I think she built the entire costume. Like, no, hey. like this coming week, she's doing the cape. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, is it right. that son, right, that comes on with her? I'm sorry. Is it her son or her nephew that comes on with her? her stepson. Stepson. He's adorable, and I yes. love it. Yes. <laughs> and he he like that was the photo. Is it was him wearing it. Mm-hmm. He's super fun, but no, Guys, I mean I'll be, I'll be right back. Somebody's at the door. Okay. All right. If it's a pizza, I want two slices. It's in my rider. I get two slices of every pizza. That's why I don't order pizza during our show. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what other movie news did happen. I didn't really pay attention. Um, I'll be honest, this weekend was pretty much just 4th of July stuff for me. It wasn't, um, firework. wasn't really any, there wasn't really anything else happening, you know? Did you I have mean, Steven yep. Dorff making a fool of himself is a story we could talk about. Oh, I don't know this one. Uh, Steven Dorff calls out Marvel's Black Widow and other MCU films as garbage. Steven Dorff, who played Deacon Frost in Blade, says Black Widow and other Marvel Studio films are garbage. Uh, in fact, um, he said he feels bad. He feels embarrassed for Scarlett Johansson. Um, embarrassed for all the money she's made. Right. I mean, That's kind of comes- what I was saying. I'm like, all right, Mister Searching for Relevance. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, you were in Blade, bro. Like, what was that 1784 when that movie came out? Right. I'm like, um, really not gonna hold up. Like, what? What makes you an authority on whether something's good or not? You know. Now, granted, Stephen Dorff has been in some great stuff, but like, that is not the flex to make if you want to have a future. In big action films, because everybody who's going to be making big action films for the next 10 years, 15 years, are going to be disciples of what's happened in the MCU. I mean, I think that the music industry has figured out in the last week how rich a uh, medium comics are, since all of them are trying to buy everything they can. (laughs) Right. And we're not talking about physical copies we're talking about they're trying to buy companies up 
Yep. Like, um, from what I hear, Jay-Z is part owner of uh, CGC now? Yep. Well, Blackstone, what's interesting about the Blackstone story to me is that when I was working for the giant media conglomerate I once worked for, uh, Blackstone came in and bought most of, like, bought 51%. And all they did was leverage them owning 51% of us to go out and buy a bigger, profitable media company and then dump us. Like, it's so what see what their purchase of CGC is is interesting. Um, are they headed for Diamond? Hmm? What are they headed for if they want something bigger in our industry? Diamond? Yeah, they might be a bit too late for Diamond. Uh, yeah, Lunar, maybe. Um, maybe. It wouldn't shock me if they're looking at companies with distribution infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Midtown or, um, or, I'm sorry, DCBS, Lunar or UCS, whatever, right? Well, I mean, I mean, they could be looking at the Relic of Diamond, the remnants of Diamond saying, hey... And Diamond's we still need, we need distribution infrastructure. Um I don't know for what, but it makes sense based on the mo the moves they're making. It is a great way to look at properties before they're released to everybody else. Because mm-hmm. distribution right after right after the publishers, the distributors that see the product and then you know, then it goes out. So Right, but what is the music industry gonna gain from that? Well, music and film industry do go hand in hand. A lot of them are, you know, intertwined, interrelated. So they might be just looking to option them before anybody else gets a shot right. at it. I mean, it, maybe it's maybe it's the they're looking at. Yeah, they're looking for an IP farm. Yeah. Um, they could just be going after smaller publishers as well. You never know, because a lot of publishers do have their foot in the <clears throat> in the movie industry. Yeah, I mean. It, that's that's entirely possible because Jay Z does have the production house, and you never know. This could be what uh, bad idea for all you bad idea fans listening. That could be where they're headed as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that there were some early moves that uh, probably wouldn't be counted in that. Like uh, remember what two or three years ago at New York Comic Con when Scout announced that they had an, they were starting with an entertainment arm and brought on Tennessee and. I remember the gentleman's name that were and that were from the movie industry entertainment industry well that's where charlie's from mm-hmm. yep um but I, I i think there's part of that that there's some companies that are more set up for it than others for for certain mm-hmm. um but the 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 buying of cgc if they are just using it as a pawn it, it doesn't make sense Right. It could also be a consolidation. Um, you pick up CGC, then you pick up something like a um, Sotheby's. Not Sotheby's, but, you know, Hakes Auctions or Heritage or something. Wouldn't it be better to pick up uh, Beckett instead of CGC? You get both yeah. cards and, well, ooh. But Beckett's already such a, I mean, I think Beckett probably values higher than CGC. You know, you Beckett. It was five hundred million for CGC. Beckett, you're probably looking at a billion and a half because of what the card market is right now. And Beckett owns the coin grading company and the and CBCS is Beckett. Yeah, and CBCS. Yeah, I I, I think you're probably looking at another you know billion dollars to pick that up. Whereas you get CGC, and like I said, you pair it with a, the acquisition of something like Heritage Auctions or Prestige or something where you can get. And, and if they're listening, both uh, Jen, I, Jen and I will entertain any legitimate offers you guys may have. True, but only for my uh, my real life model decoy. Um, I meant for our shots, but yes, you can have that as well. <laughs> Um, so, if you looked at that event that uh, 
made public the CGC agreement, it doesn't just have Blackstone. It has another maybe, I think I saw another five names uh, that were invested outside of Blackstone that were part of it that were kind of like, it would be interesting to do the research and find out who all those players really are. Well, I mean, if you go down that rabbit hole, be prepared to kind of hate what you find out. Um, and, and and this is this is the thing that I've learned because I did, I went through this when I was I, again, I'm working for this giant multimedia conglomerate, and it's we just got bought by these twelve people, this kind of these twelve companies, and I kind of went down the rabbit hole, and it's oh okay. These 12 companies are all subsidiaries of one big company, and it's Bain Capital, and we're all going to get fired. You know what I mean? It's it's why never look at never never look at who owns Nabisco. Like it's 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 a weird kind of way that things have. I'm going to use the word congealed, but congealed. Yeah. You know, in in that part of the in that that industry, you know, food the food industry. Pepsi owns, you know, such and such owns such and such. Or, as I like to point out, the Shinehart Wig Company owns GE, owns NBC. Does Disney still own ABC? Yes. Uh, by the way, that, that was a joke from the show 30 Rock. Oh. So... But it's no, it's you know, General Electric owned General Electric and Whirlpool and CGC or and NBC and they were in, involved in the record business and all this other stuff and and it's all just General Electric, it's all GE. So I think what you're going to wind up seeing is that a bunch of those other companies are probably just subsidiaries or companies owned by people who are in the Blackstone Fund. So it's I'm coming in with this much from my own company plus what I've got in the Blackstone in exchange for this much percentage of what Blackstone owns, you know. That's also one way to basically get a majority of a company. You know, you basically have your subsidiaries buy it out and you now own the majority without owning the majority. Um, you know, hostile takeovers are basically planned out like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think people are super concerned about the price increase that are going to come with it. Thank you. And I posted on a group and I said this to somebody. I don't think the price increase you're going to see with this acquisition is going to be any more than you would have seen anyway based on the rise in the market. Well, CGC uh, prices have already gone up. Right. But they'll so. probably go up another 5%. Or maybe they went up because of this acquisition already on the books. I mean, they just they just recently went up just a month or two ago. Right. So. But over the next year, maybe you see another 5% increase, which is a lot. But I think that's well, probably where the market was heading with the demand. What's interesting is their uh, sports cards and trading cards went from $8 to $15. That's almost a almost 100% mm-hmm. uh, Markup, so yeah, that could be part of uh, this deal. Uh, if you think about it, and they're just guising it under, hey, the market's doing really hot. We don't have time. We need to hire more people. But you know, it could just be this deal. You never know. Right, increase increase the valuation of the company by increasing the cost of the product. Yep. You know, and saying this is this is a busy year. Here's what a slow year is. So we can figure out what the, what the mean is and go from there. Yep. Well, we've gotten really into the weeds on how company financial statements and acquisitions work. Right. It's important for as news for people outside the industry to understand because they're probably going to their local comic shops for a while, maybe, and having being able to drop off their stuff at the CGC and then are wondering why shops are no longer offering that service. It's because our margin on that went from 20% to 15%. Plus, the shipping fees seem to be very variable, and sometimes we end up backwards instead of making a tiny little profit on it. So it's just the risk is so high. We're sending away really expensive books, and something bad happens, it's on us. And the reward is nothing. Right. So That's super true. I mean, 
I I also think it's important for people to, if you have a, a strong interest, read the FTC filing, the Federal Trade Commission filing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because all of that stuff is a matter of public record. You can go out and you can get it. Um, and, and kind of get get into the the nuts and bolts of it and see why was the why did Blackstone say they wanted to make this acquisition? What was the goal? You know, all that stuff's in there. Um, that's I didn't even think about whether CGCs uh, or CCA, CCG, whatever they call themselves, uh, mm-hmm. collectible con, whatever the, the the parent company for CGC. I wonder if their financials are also included in there because they are a corporation, right? Uh, there'll be some financials included for sure. I don't know if it's a full financial disclosure. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a merger. Correct. It's not. It's not a public traded company either. So they, right. they don't have to disclose everything. You're right. There will probably be some financials just to uh, assert their valuation, but correct. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's. Yeah, it's when when a publicly traded company gets bought up, all of that stuff's in there. Correct. Or when there's a merger, full financial disclosure is made. Um, in public, I mean, public traded company, all, all their information has got to be disclosed in their shareholders every year. So, you know, that, that that's a different story. Right. It's it's like I was saying when the DC going to discovery deal went down. Yep. It's the FTC filing will hold the key as to what's actually happening here. Mm-hmm. And I never really went back and read it, but... In my estimation, it became clear that one company wanted a publishing wing and wanted Warner Media because it gives them more, you know, further production and further IP. And another company just wanted the cash out and got to keep a slice of something, you know, in exchange. Like, and that, that uh, on paper, that that is basically what it sounds like. AT and T and uh, Discovery was basically that. AT and say, hey, we'll take the cash. Uh, okay. Right, give us give us two percent on the back end for ten years of every film or whatever, and yep. the cash you're willing to offer us now. Exactly. You can have Warner Media and the publishing wing to do with as you choose. Exactly. Um, so should we change the name of this? Um, show from nerd news now to economics 101 yes <laughs> <laughs> or um, introduction to business <laughs> comic books is business too right it absolutely is well so that was something i saw that i really didn't have time to think about but somebody posted a meme that said the, this bubble is going to burst this bubble is going to burst and it was the sales trends for the comic industry that was at Freeman. Yes, thank well, you. I'm going to pull that up so I can actually reference it with information. Um, data. So, and we've discussed this so-called bubble before on this show, so you know it's, it's nothing new for our audience, hopefully. Right, but it shocked me. The trend, the 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 trend line that was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, because the best year I ever had as a retailer, uh, according to this, you know, picture he shared was the worst year the industry had in the last eight. Yep. Uh, I shouldn't say that, uh, in the last five, but, you um. know. One one of the biggest problems with that that trend line you see is it does not show what's sitting in retailers' warehouses. Yeah, um, that's, that's a number that we don't see. We do not see um, the final retailer numbers, which could be significant. <clears throat> excuse me, significantly lower than what that trend is showing. Right. Oh, absolutely, and I would imagine it is. I mean, we're looking at it's according to ICV two. Um. This is the Comicron comic sales report. North American comic sales across time. In 2020, the industry did 1.2 billion in sales, and that's combined print and digital download. Mm-hmm. Now, 
in a year where publication stops for a while, distribution stops for a while, it's going to be the biggest year since 2012. Right. Now, here's a file. Mm-hmm. We have we just started in the last two years to have Comics Hub information included there, which are actual sales through numbers. So I wonder if that has helped that data just for those last two years or not. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I would imagine it is. But what I'm saying is that that number to me seems like an anathema of reality. But everybody that I've talked to said that January, February, March, and April were the best months that they've had ever. Of this year. Right. I'm not, talking about 2020. No. Really? Ever. Of, of 2020? Of 2020. Ever. Um, I'll disagree with that. Yeah, no, Jen. Yes. Jen, you keep saying ever, but we're asking you to confirm that they said... The first four months of last year mm-hmm. were the best they've ever had. Sorry, I'm misspeaking. Of 2021. Okay. Right. Now- <laughs> no, these numbers were only through 2020. Yes. <laughs> so now, I wonder if that sale through if that sell through data though just isn't delayed. How many people are, you know, they just started picking up when stuff came back. And they're just, you know what I mean? It's kind of this, the wave so, is catching up to the. Also, to bear in mind, 2020 was also the year where almost every single publisher offered returnability. Um, it's also the same year that, uh, to, you know, basically retailers took a risk on those returnabilities where they may have ordered five or ten times more than they normally would have. So then if uh, we had ability then we don't have things sitting in our room unless we chose to. Correct. But right. did, that, did those numbers that they're showing really show that number? Or are they only looking at the numbers that Diamond presented as first sell-through and everything that was returned is a publisher issue, not a sales issue? So, again, that, that data is not presented to us. Right. right. It's, it's, we don't know. We don't know. Um, we don't know. We don't know about this data, but still... Looking at the the whole of it all, the the trend line that says 2017 at 1.015 billion was the lowest year mm-hmm. in the last five. And what year was that? 2017. And that it's basically gone up by you know you're looking at 500 million every year since i'm gonna, I'm gonna just as an example I'll, I'll look at our numbers for the last what was the last five years 10 years yeah last five so, years this 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 chart goes back to 2012 but my best year as a retailer was 2017 um and it trended down since then now part of that was i was terrible you know, I was not the world's greatest retailer, but it was, it's just interesting to see again, that even the orders, even if it's just orders through diamond on that initial sell through the rate of increase. I'm, I'm trying to pull up our numbers and I'll, I'll see how well. Somewhere I've got mine. I mean, 2020 for us was. Probably the best year in the last five, but that had more to do with uh, back issue sales and uh, more to do with gaming. You know, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, hit. I mean, they they skyrocketed last year, right? And that helped us out, right? And none of that is included in this data, correct? Um, so it, it does again. I'm not questioning it to the extent where somebody's publishing false data. No. I'm questioning the, the validity to the extent where, where are they getting these numbers from? Right. Uh, well, I mean, and, numbers don't make 100% sense to us. Right. And like I said, I just found it interesting. Like, doesn't matter what data they've presented. Uh-huh. In the end, is it's that even if it's the numbers that Diamond got from publishers, 
in terms of value. Yeah. You know, or that all three, all three distributors got from publishers in terms of value. You know, the trend line, it's just interesting to see that in a year where we lost a couple of months, we are at the highest point in the last decade. People I know that dive deep into the numbers like that, if we wanted to have someone do it, it's like Brian Hibbs is always equal to the task. And then David Harper from Sketched usually does a pretty detailed rundown when he when he has the time. I always like David's reports better because <laughs> mm-hmm. they feel more well, He's honest. got 70 skin in the game. Yeah. Right? So right. for us, our worst year since 2000, well, 2012 was the worst year, 13. Then, you know, I see an increase in every year mm-hmm. until 2016 was a dip. 2017 goes up. 2018 was worse than 2016 for us. As far as uh, you know, sales are concerned, uh, total revenue. Uh, seventeen, yep, seventeen was better than sixteen. Eighteen was worse than sixteen. Nineteen, we came back up. Uh, Nineteen to that point was the best year. Twenty twenty beat nineteen, and twenty twenty one, we're halfway through, and we've already beat nineteen sales. Yep. Oh. Yeah. But again, for us, it's more gaming than it is comic books. Not not discounting our comic books aren't up, but it is majority of it has been gaming for us. Okay, so here's another discussion we can have on that. So everyone's always talking about the bubble, and maybe we're not talking about this where the money goes away, but the worry that allocations have been happening because of supply problems, and that our orders were starting to order just assuming allocations are going to occur is are we worried at some point that the next pokemon release the next magic release we're going to order double need because of allocation we're going to get to drop out and, and that is something that's i've been thinking about with the last order i just placed uh which is for the next uh, 25th anniversary um i looked at it from this perspective uh, the amount of sales we've had for this year um, will cover the losses that that we may occur with that with that set. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that set, if if that set bombs, uh, I do agree with you. I, I'm I'm very worried about it because our numbers are going up much higher than they should be. Um, because I remember just last year we had cut our orders down to minimal because uh, we saw Pokemon decline. And same thing with Yu-Gi-Oh. We saw. Before the pandemic, we were seeing a decline in all of those. Um, yeah. After the pandemic, I mean, it, it just skyrocketed. So here's here's the question. There's a there's a there's, I guess there's three parts to the question, right? Mm-hmm. Are more people playing? And I can say, and I can answer part of this. So let me let me get through it all. Are more people playing games in general? Then we're playing games pre-pandemic. Is the speculator market strong enough to support this continually? And the third part is, as small independent retailers, are we seeing a benefit from the fact that the big box chains are just as stuck as we are? And... I mean, I can answer the first part is that more people are playing games in general than were playing pre-pandemic. I know I have friends who were out of playing Magic, who were out of playing Pokemon, who are still pl- are back to playing, but they're playing with their old stuff. They're not out there buying new stuff. Yes. But they're back into the hobby. So when they get that itch to be competitive again, they'll go out and buy. I know that board game sales, like tradition shoots and ladders kind of board games, are up incrementally. Um, talking to my game distributor for my game publisher friends, they're struggling to meet the demand for their game for you know, and they're a small indie publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of what we're seeing with the magic 
Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! increase is that more people are playing games in general, so there's more interest in the product. But the speculator market is what's driving the revenue right now. And and that's that's where I'll disagree with you. And board games definitely, um, as far as collectible games, they're not the people that are coming back, and we are seeing a trend of Yu-Gi-Oh players and Pokemon players and Magic players coming back. They're not coming back to play. They are coming back to collect, and they're coming back to basically try to cash out as soon as they can. Um, right. I think so, that's what's driving the revenue. But I'm just talking about gaming as a sector is up. Um, I think it's only because they were confined to their houses and they wanted something to do and tell Netflix could only take you so far. But as as the world starts to open up again, or at least the United States starts to open up again, where we're able to socialize with our friends in real life again, um, I'm going to see that decline. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be a linear right. decline in um, the collectible aspect of it. Um, I think that's driven more by people having extra funds in their... Uh, because of all the stimulus they got and the crypto people making more money than they should be out of it. so um, Right. It'll be interesting to see if it – because everybody knows it's going to decline. But it'll be interesting yeah. to see if it's a slow decline or if it's a sharp decline. Something's going on. All my Avengers Forever with a Kang cover are selling right now. That's like well, the fourth sale I've just seen since we've been live. And Kang, well, Kang is supposedly because of um, yeah, the movie coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's, I, I don't think, okay, going back to that. Um, it is a good theory that uh, Kang, you know, could be in uh, Loki. Uh, but if they are really predicting it to be in the next movie, that's not going to happen in Loki. Right. Uh, it'll be, it'll either be, he'll either be in Loki or in Doctor or, Strange. Correct. And my the best other. Report, more towards Doctor Strange than it is towards Same. Loki. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Um, but are we done with that topic, Ms. Chen? I think so. I think we've, we've just, to let everybody know, like collectibles are a great amount of fun. Just be careful that you don't, um, don't only buy things to make money out of them because that becomes a job instead of something you enjoy. Make sure you also enjoy it. Kyle? Yeah, I mean, I when I, and I, you know, I'll tell this story. When I bought my store, I loved working there. When I closed my store, I hated working there. Yeah, I, I've expressed the same thing, as Jen knows. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, tired of it, so. when my life became more about talking to accountants and lawyers than talking about Superman, <laughs> I got really bummed out. And again, part of that goes to I was not a great retailer. I was really good at selling comics. I was really terrible at running a business uh, where I wanted to keep most of my product. <laughs> there's, there's a balance to be had there. Yeah. I'm sure, Miss Jen has a pretty decent collection. I've got a pretty decent collection. Right. <gasps> Miss Jen, you don't have a decent collection? I have a long box and a short box that I have not added to since 1995. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I've got a decent collection. <laughs> well, I mean, that was, that's what I mean is it's like I'm the business I, I have now, I'm much better at because it's not like I want to keep what I'm doing. Like I'm making stuff to put out into the world yep. rather than keep, like rather than collect. And so that was my big problem is I was always the collector who owned the comic book store, not the businessman who was selling comics. And so... Yeah, when I when I took my hobby and tried to make it my job, it was not good. Um, and that's that's my big worry is that I see a lot of people who are so passionate right now about Lego or gaming or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, but in six months you're gonna hate having to list individual Lego pieces on eBay. But twenty years from now, they're gonna have nostalgia and it's gonna come right back to them, and they're gonna be addicted mm -hmm. once again. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a trend we see in comic books as well. You know, the 90s was just that. It's a huge speculative bubble. Um, you know, that burst. And we are, what, 20 years, 25 years into it now? And we see it again. Uh, the difference with this bubble, I, God, I can't, the difference between this bubble and 90s bubble is, of course, the quantity. And the collectors are a little bit more educated um, as opposed to what they were back then. It is still speculative. It is still, you know, 
um, unnecessarily higher than it should be. Still a better bet than the stock market. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not the golden age of comic books. And again, the, the difference between now and the golden age is back then they read the books. They didn't care to save them. And that's what makes those, them more valuable. Where now it's more like, oh, yeah, let me back and board and let me double back and board this so I don't damage it. Oh, I, you know what? I'll buy another copy. To read. You know, what? no, no, no. I'm not going to read this anymore. I'll just wait till the trade. Now I have two copies saved up. Um, that is still a poor aspect of this uh, trend right now. Mm hmm. I. Um, a retailer friend had an exclusive of a real hot book done. Uh, came out a couple last week. And looking at the number of people who wanted to buy five copies. Are you referring to White? Yeah. Yep. I'm going, you got, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're willing to drop a hundred bucks on five copies of this book. I don't oh. mind dropping 20 bucks on one copy of the book because it's an exclusive variant. It's supporting my friend's business. It's all this other stuff. Like, but five copies of a single book I could buy for the rest of that hundred bucks for the other 80 bucks from this particular retailer. I could probably buy 80 other books. I think you could. In fact, I go, Hey, if you, if you just pack the rest of the box full of $80 worth of stuff, I'd probably get more than 80 books. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what is, what are you investing in? You know, what are you, what are you, you investing in your enjoyment or are you investing in, gee whiz, someday this book from this company nobody will have heard of in a few years unless things change? Well, uh, in fact, I was just talking to a customer a little bit earlier. I don't know if you guys have heard of the game MetaZoo. Um, you know, we keep getting calls for it left and right. And I have a significant amount of uh, money tied into pre-orders on it, which I, yeah, I'm a little skeptical about, but. He just told me, you know, he earned about uh, $12,000 selling it, um, selling cards and boosters he got from the Kickstarter. And he did the wise thing where he turned it around and not just sat on it trying to see if it'll, you know, if it'll make him a lot of money in five years or 10 years. The people buying five copies, that is something, that, well, at least, at least we hope that's what they're doing is where they're trying to, you know, cash it out right now. Um, but if if they're holding on to five years, ten years from now, I'm, I, look at what happened to Superman, um, Death of Superman. A week after it came out, it was going for what a hundred dollars at uh, retail. Uh, it dropped down to five dollars five years after that. What's it at now? Ten dollars. These well, are. Well, I mean, I remember when it was zero dollars, and I was giving them away for free, and then it went back up to five dollars. And I went, oh my God, this book is worth money again. And you, you can you can probably hear people when they were standing in line saying, oh yeah, I'm buying X amount because this is going to pay my kids college tuition. Yeah. Um, I think we've probably seen the same documentary about it. Did they? <laughs> and it might if he stayed dead. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That that would have been the changer. If he did stay dead, that book probably would have held its value. I mean, it's still worth $10 for something that printed 2 million copies. Mm -hmm. um, X-Men is still climbing right now, which is shocking to me. They had 5 million copies made. X-Force number one is climbing because that. Yeah. Well, and, and, and just as a point of reference for people watching, X-Men, or, you know, how many copies? 2 million copies of Death of Superman? Yeah, two to three million. I forgot what. Yeah, it was. the biggest book in the biggest book in recent memory is six hundred k. Yep. How many? How many would did Star Wars have? It wasn't near Berserker numbers. I thought it was higher than Berserker numbers. Maybe I'm wrong. My apologies. Uh, I mean, it might have gotten to a million. I mean, it. But I thought there was one that was five hundred thousand a few years ago, and I can't remember what it was. I just remember hearing a publisher brag that they had done something at 500,000. Yeah, 
I, maybe that was Star Wars. I don't know. But yes, yeah, that, I mean Star Wars or might have been one of the one of the uh, DC one thousands. Superman or Batman a thousand. Um, but just just to let everybody know, uh, on an average month, I think maybe one or maybe two books might break the hundred thousand mark. Uh, even if even right. if they do. Right. I mean, you have companies like Behemoth that are growing faster than they keep up with, and they're printing forty thousand. Yeah, you and know, forty thousand is high for right, right. That's huge. That's those are massive numbers. Like, so it's, you know, I think it's important to remember that difference too. You know, just to point it out. You know, there's not as much supply as there used to be, so the bubble is maybe more stable. Um, you know, do you guys remember those things that? Probably not because you're not 90s children, but um, it was like you'd put it on the end of a straw and you'd blow it up and it'd be this balloon that you could oh, punch yes, through. Absolutely. Put, like jumping beans in it. Hey, That's I, the uh, bubble we're looking at now. How old do you think we are, Kyle? <laughs> hey, I just know that in the 90s, there was nothing cooler. Right. In fact, you know, if we can find that again, I'm sure we'll probably still have fun playing those things. Right. But I assumed by the 90s, you both had better things to do with your time than watch Nickelodeon. No. no. <laughs> um, this bubble will, it won't pop. It will deflate. Yep. It won't pop. It will deflate. I agree. Uh, it's true. Of course, correct. Yep. Which yep. happens with everything, you know. Uh, this, is, this is not the tulip bubble, which absolutely crashed. Um, uh, you could almost say it. Never mind. <laughs> okay. I was going to make a joke about planting a tulip bulb, but. Oh. Okay. I even walked away from it because it was too much. <laughs> if I walk oh. away from it because it's too much, you know it's, it's, that it's right. too much. Do you guys have any favorite books for this week? For I do. Uh, one of them I wanted to get for your interview today, but I couldn't uh, just because of, well, uh, timing. Um, but uh, for me, one of the books that I'm very, very excited about uh, this week is uh, the new X-Men number one. Yep. Um uh, I, you know, I, I was out of X-Men for a long time, but stupid Hickman drug me back in. <laughs> uh, Crush and Lobo number two and Ordinary Gods from Image Comics um, has me excited. And then there's a Bad Idea book. In Yak 4? No, The Lot. Um, no. Yeah, we didn't. Lot is delayed. Sleigh Bells is out this week. Well... The lot is still on my list, and I have to tell you, uh, I know I was involved in conversations about the marketing of that book, uh, so I'm very excited for the lot. I'm pretty sure that they caught me using a potty word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost 100% certain that I said one. Yeah. Um, It'll be the one time in all my life that you'll have proof that I... I felt language that I can use. <laughs> I think we've heard um, you uh, use foul language before, Miss Jen. Mostly it's quotes. I can do it. So if, it, if it's a movie quote, I'll use language. <laughs> but I don't usually, I'm not original enough to come up with my own. I would use awkward foul language in, in appropriate ways, probably. Uh, one book I, I think a lot of people are going to overlook is Blacksmith by Ahoy. I think mm -hmm. that looks interesting. I've got that on my poll. Uh, Worst Dudes, number two, from Black uh, Dark Horse. And uh, Frank Chu's Fight Girls, number one, from AWA. Finally, that gum. How long has that been? <laughs> right. I think, um, first, like, I think the first, like, six pages of that book are in the number zero, the AWA, like, magazine that they put out. And it just taunts me. Upshot. <laughs> Uh, Clans of Bilari comes out from, um, what is it, Aftershock? Aftershock, right? 
Yes. That looks interesting. Uh, no ghost in Her- Hiro- Hiroshima from Scout. And uh, Marvel starting their um, Extreme Carnage series. Yep. With Extreme Carnage Alpha. I have good feeling about Omega. About uh, Carnage Omega? or mm-hmm. Carn- uh, Is Omega coming out? Or it's just Alpha right now, right? No, it's Alpha right now, but I just have a good gut feeling about what Omega's bringing. Because it, everyone usually doesn't order Omega, but that's usually where they launch the next thing or give the next big whatever. Thank you. Yep. Um, from the Rivers of London series that Titan has done so well with, um, even if I'm the only person who ever read them, uh, Monday Monday. Um, I really enjoyed those books. I've always enjoyed the Rivers of London. Um, and this one, this series is written by. Uh, uh, Ben Aronovich, um, and, uh, Andrew, uh, Cartmel, who writes on Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Man, my list is big this week. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a bad week for me, man. Uh, Glamorella, Glamorella's Daughter, uh, by LP Publishing. That's something yeah, that else. that one's not on my list, but, uh, yeah. It is an all-age book. It's a nice, uh... Looks looked interesting to make it into my poll. So, um, for old school goon fans, there is a resketched version of the original goon by Eric Powell. Oh, hey, we've we've completely glossed over Nice House on the Lake number two. I'm going alphabetical. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Miss Jen, what's on your list? Two. Um, I didn't have a heart to look at it because I have a feeling that all our books. Well, I think that everyone's books are coming 24 hours later than we think they are. Yeah, I agree with you. I know we didn't receive our Lunar yet, which is very disappointing. Um, Boom's Mama is coming out, right? This week? Did you say Boom's Mama? Mamo, M-A-M-O. Oh. <laughs> I think that's by Boom, if I remember correctly. I'm like, are you making fun of someone's mother? I didn't understand. <laughs> Uh, Man Goat and uh, Bunny Man concludes this week. Yay! That has been so good. Yes. I want Ooh. to. I, um, like, I no. want to get Cheryl to make me a Bunny Man costume. You're nice. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yes. People are like, what are you from? I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna explain it to you. Oh, you know what they need is that Bunny from what was that show? Dystopia. Yes. I yeah. cannot believe they're not going to continue that. That's disappointing. What, Mango and the Bunnyman? No, Dystopia. Oh. Utopia. Oh, Utopia, I'm sorry. Yeah, Utopia. Ah. I think I actually contacted everyone that I could think of and said, please tell me you're going to make the comic. a coffee table book of the book. No one jumped. I'm like, come on now. Uh, I this can't be the first printing of this, is it? I have on my list Batman Damned trade paperback. Uh, it's the first time they've done it in um, trade. They've had hardcover out, but not softcover. Correct. Okay, I was going to say this can't be the first Masters of the uh, Universe Revelations number one this week. Uh, WWE The New Day: The Power of Positivity number one. Um, I want, uh, when I'm going to work on getting an interview with the new day, just because I want to ask them about bootios. Skybound X this week as well. We'll find out what it all is about. Right. But, uh, I think Ms. Jen, what's your thought of us having to FOC all five covers before we see number one or all five issues before we see number one? It, I, I had to be conservative and I, Every single time, it like made my stomach upset because, I mean, I might be making the wrong choice. Um, I, I I agree with you. I went a little bit more aggressive than being conservative. Just more of a thank you to Skybound and Robert Kirkman for everything they did for us last year. And Image as well. You know, they they them along with a lot of other publishers. They you know they stuck uh, up for a lot of retailers they helped out a lot of retailers so this is yeah one, one of the times uh, you know i'm doing the same thing with the mad cave 
Uh, they helped our retailers uh, with their own money. Uh, I do the same thing with uh, Boom. Um, I order more than we you know, really need or just more of a thank you than anything else. Same thing with um, Bad Idea. And uh, again, a lot of publishers out there. So I did go a little bit more aggressive than conservative on. But let's okay. see. Let's see how that goes. But I do agree with you. I went a little conservative as well. Yeah, I. I I think that was five on FOC this week. I went a little heavier on that one because it, the the actual, copy on it made me believe that there was because it actually said first appearance of something. Um, I, I, I got to relook it. And speaking of which, did you order your Venom 25 or no, Venom 200 second prints yet? No, I, I still have first prints. Why do I need second prints? Because of speculators. That, that's, that's a, that's a tough one for me to order because I do have first prints on file. Mm -hmm. But I know I have collectors that want the Gleason cover, but do I really want to invest you know, for each Gleason cover is going to cost us two hundred fifty dollars. I was going to say, if it wasn't a ten dollar book to get to buy, had to buy twenty five of to get there, then Correct. maybe. Yep. I just not knowing what the ratio. It's a ratio variant. Not knowing if it's going to hit, you know, double ratio, triple ratio, whatever. It's going to have to hit pretty high to make it worth that investment. Yeah, because our our cost is approximately two hundred fifty dollars for it. Because you know, for those of us that have first prints, we don't need second prints yet. Um, speaking of second, third, fourth, fifth prints, Stray Dogs number one, if you guys have not picked up the first print, number one, fourth print comes out this week. Can I tell you the truth, Brainy? In my entire store right now, all I have are three copies of second print number four. That's all I have left. A Stray Dog? Um, I, I went a little heavy on Stray Dog as well. Um, again, not, not going nuts out there but uh just because you know uh, because of tony fleece being local and everything and uh, always chit-chatting and stuff so not that i'll ever sell it but i i have a stray dogs i have a couple of stray dogs number one first prints that are just sitting there oh you know what i have you just reminded me they did a preview edition of stray dogs for comics pro i probably have my copy somewhere just laying around just laying around yeah no of that first book of the first issue of the first print i got one of every cover um i i personally I like those higher. particular films yeah i think i may have gotten three or four again just to help sales i said just to you know so i i did get a few extra copies of number one uh, but that was more even if that book tanked i would have bought those anyway so that was right more. i well i like movie cover variants uh movie poster variants mm -hmm. i always love when dc did them i love when marvel does them you know so the fact that these were them i'm like well i got i have a collection of movie poster variants so x-men number one comes out this week yep huh. uh-huh I think the yeah. next the next book i'm willing to drown in <laughs> like literally i I'm, I'm planning on drowning in it just like i did in berserker uh is good boy i did order heavyish on good boy but i think that's excuse me because it has returnability and it has a good uh, um writer um, team yes thank you that's <laughs> <laughs> because Dr. Christie will come there and find you and make you pay for not supporting her you book. I think we're zeroed out now just because it's her. <laughs> oh my. I'll be honest, it's books like Good Boy that are why I kept my once I closed my store, I kept my open my my source point uh minimum order in place. You know my standing order stuff. Like it's, it's not nearly what it once was, but I'm support. I want to support Source Point because they're, you know, they're my dudes, and the books they put out. Like, if I do four shows a year, I'll sell them. I'm not worried about it. So let me, you know, keep that in place. And it's books like Good Boy that keep giving me that, and Broken Gargoyles Volume Two, and both Christy Blanche books, ironically, and. Did the new just, pulp stuff that Josh Warner's doing, huh? 
I think they just they sold out the, the broken gargoyles that just released. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, you know, I know there's some stuff coming down the pike from a friend of ours who still owes us all much ice cream. That um, you know, that give me faith in what they're doing. So I shall not read any of his books until he buys me that ice cream. That's we fair, Bernie. Other, and they'll just drown in ice cream. Oh, yeah. We'll roll back to the hotel. See, if you get, you guys got to come here just to go to Pee Wee's with us. Pee Wee's. It's an ice cream stand. Interestingly enough, the very first comic book store I uh, started shopping at was called Pee Wee's. Yeah. Funny. Uh, uh, Pee Wee's is uh, it's been around a long time, um, but their crunch coat is full on Rice Krispie treats. Um, I know Miss Jen doesn't do sugar, no, but it's worth I could, it. I could watch other people eat it. No, but it's worth it. <laughs> um, but what's hysterical is going there with that person and watching just the ice cream all over them. Because it melts faster than you can eat it. And he always orders a large. <laughs> it's like America's Funniest Home Videos. It's great. My computer just sent me a message saying, we recommend that you install these updates. It's a BIOS update. They always send me this when I'm in the middle of a, <laughs> a conversation or well, something. Well, that's all right. Because we've been going for an hour and ten minutes or so. Uh, oh, we've gone over again. So we're into golden time. Should I read the thing? Read the thing! Read the thing! Thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out our other shows, Woodlands Online. Check out the other shows on Woodlands Online, like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, Taste Buds, and much more. You can watch all of these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KVQT HD21, over the air if you're in the right region. All of these shows and more on Roku right now. Search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. Now you can listen to our podcast version of this show on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Pandora, and wherever else fine podcasts are given away for free. So, for Brainy and Miss Jen... I've continued to be a guy who's being haunted by a pumpkin head, a.k.a. Kyle. We will see you guys next week.